All right, we're going to get started. The question for today is this, and really uh, it is for us as individuals to think, to think about. The question is this, how are you living? How are you living? Whatever your age is, whatever your condition is, whatever situation you find yourself in life today, how are you living? And, and really, if that's too broad of a question, very specifically, uh, maybe, a, maybe a, a better question or a more appointed question is this. Does your life honor God? Does your life honor God? The way you're living, again, whatever your age is, whatever your condition is, whatever situation you find yourself in life, does your life, the days that you're living, the breath that you're breathing, does your life honor God? Do you ever, do you ever think about that? Uh, right now, the things that you do uh, whatever it is that you think, the way that you're living, does your life honor God? Again, the question is, how are you living? Now, when I think about that question, when I uh, pose that question, I think most of us uh, would probably say, you know what, I've got some issues. I, I have some issues I'm working on. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm not where I ought to be. Uh, some of us might say, well, you know what, I've come a long way, but I could still do better. Uh, there may be some of us here today say, you know what, I'm, I'm honestly today way off base. I'm, I've messed some stuff up, and I'm nowhere near where I ought to be uh, when you find me here today. Well, today in our verses, we're, we're moving verse by verse through Second Peter. Uh, we're, we're about to knock out this third chapter. But today in our verses, Peter is talking to Christians who are trying to stand in a Christless world, a world without Jesus Christ. Uh, Christians who are going through very hard things, intense persecutions for their belief in Jesus Christ. And not only that, not only Christians who face the attacks of the world, but at the same time always have the lure of the world drawing them back in. So here are these folks. They've put their faith in Jesus Christ. For that, they're going through some hard stuff. They're being persecuted. They're living in a world that's opposed to Jesus Christ. And not only are they living in the attacks of the world, they constantly live with the lure of the world, trying to pull them back in. And in the midst of that, as he, as he comes to this, this third chapter and it begins to wrap the letter up, he really asks them the question, in light of all that, how are you living? And then he tells them the motivation for living differently. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? You need to do this. You need to do that. This is what you ought to be. Uh, and we really miss the motivation for why we would be different. He asks them the question, how are you living? But then he gives them the motivation for living differently. Here, here's our truth today, the truth of our men's lunch today. As Christians... As people set on following Jesus Christ, as Christians who are living in a Christless world, a world that is opposed to Jesus Christ, we have to live in light of eternity. That is the truth. As Christians, as those endeavoring to follow Jesus Christ, we have to live our days. We have to structure our days. We have to prioritize our days with eternity in view, and that's that's the truth of our lesson today. And if we do that, everything really changes. Uh, our verses today. I want to encourage you every week. If you have a Bible, bring your Bible. Um, our verses today are found in Second Peter, chapter three. Today, verses ten through thirteen. He asks him, "How are you living?" And he gives him the motivation for living differently. Again, Second Peter, chapter three, verses ten through thirteen. 
I'm going to read the verses and then we'll come back and look at them. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with an intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of, the, of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now that's the set of verses. Now that's where we're gonna take our lesson from today. Again, let's, let's look at it piece by piece. Going back to verse 10, listen to that again. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. It starts off, verse 10 talks about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Now, now see this today. Get this. Uh, sometimes we talk about this day of the Lord and we, and we miss the heaviness of this day. We miss the profoundness of this day. This is a heavy day. This is a, for lack of a better word, this is a tremendous day. The day of the Lord is the final judgment day. Six times, and I want you to think about how this is, how this is presented to us in Scripture. Uh, the, the final judgment day. Six times in the Old Testament, that day is called the day of doom. That's what God says in his word. Six times it is called the day of doom. Four times in the Old Testament it is called the day of vengeance. The day of the Lord. Now, I don't, again, I don't know how heavy of a weight we're putting on it, but when God himself calls it the day of vengeance, God's vengeance, vengeance means, here's the definition of vengeance, retribution inflicted. Very simply, it is payback. The day of God's vengeance. On that day, God settles all of the scores. And, and the definition is retribution will be inflicted. And so that's the day, the coming day of the Lord, the day of God's retribution, his vengeance, the final day of judgment. All the sort, scores are going to be settled. It says that that day will come like a thief. Now see the picture. The picture makes sense. A thief is unexpected. Thief is unannounced. Now, uh, you may have some warning. They may say, well, you know what? There's a, there's a crime wave in your neighborhood and somebody's been breaking into cars in your neighborhood. There may be some warnings, but the event itself is unannounced. You're not told when the thief is coming. Uh, Paul, Paul said the same thing in his letter to the Thessalonians. Paul said the same thing. It is coming like a thief in the night, not even in the daytime, covered in the darkness of night. And so this day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment, is going to come like a thief. It's going to be sudden. It's going to be unannounced. And then the Bible says this, on that day, the atmosphere, the heavens, the, the elements, and I, I take that as far as we can break it down, even to the smallest atoms, all of the earth, the atmosphere, the elements are going to be burned up and the Bible says destroyed with intense heat. Uh, it says there will be a roar when this happens. I don't know if you've ever been around a, 
a fire that's passing through. If you ever burn off a field or something, and there's there's just roars, the oxygen sucked out, and the, the things begin to burn, and that's on a small level. Can you imagine the roars, the atmosphere, and the, the things of earth are consumed in fire? The Bible says the earth and its works, all of that, all that has come out of the earth, the earth and its works are all burned up. And what that's talking about here is a cleansing by fire, a cleaning off by fire. Now, that's, that's the truth. That is the reality. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away and a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. That's the reality, verse 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, listen, since all of these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness. Now here's here's what verse 11 says. Peter says, since that is the truth, since that is the reality, the coming day of the Lord, the day of God's retribution is gonna come. It's gonna come unannounced. Since that is the truth, the world's gonna be burned off in fire. Since that is the reality, he asked the question, so what sort of people ought you to be? That's the question. Very simply, he asked them, so what kind of lives are you living? How are you living? Since, since that is the truth, what sort of people ought you to be? And then he tells us two things. If that is the truth, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Holy conduct and godliness. Now, now see this. Holy conduct, that is what we do. Truth of that is this, what we do is to be different. That's the word holy. The conduct, what we do is to be different. It is to be holy. Now, what that means is this, there is to be a change in our hands because of the coming day of the Lord. What we do as followers of Jesus Christ in light of the truth that the day of the Lord is coming, our actions, our hands, the work of our hands is to be different. Then it talks about godliness. Godliness is our inward attributes. Now that's really talking about our heart. You know what? So our actions are supposed to be different. Our hands are supposed to be different. But you know what? Our attitudes are supposed to be different. Our hearts are supposed to be different because of the coming day of the Lord. And so Peter says here, we're to be changed. Our actions are to be changed. Our hearts, our attitudes are to be changed. We're to be different because of the truth that the coming day of the Lord is soon upon us. And what that means is this. When you live with that in view, we're to be different. We're to be changed by that. If you, if you live with that in view, our priorities change. When, when you live with that in view, our goals change. It has to change everything. When you understand the day of the Lord is coming and his retribution is going to be served and he's coming in holy justice and when, and, and when that is the truth, the, the, the actions of our hands and the attitudes of our hearts are to be drastically different. Not just inwardly, but also outwardly. There's some folks that, that have that mixed up. But not just outwardly, also inwardly. The work of our hands and our hearts are both to be changed. That's what he's saying there in verse 11. Verse 12. Looking for and hastening 
the coming day of God. Here it is again. Because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. Now what that means is this. Christians, those who have the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word, those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Christians are to be looking for this coming day of the Lord. And then it says hastening, which actually means speeding it along. Now, we know that, that God has fixed the times in his time. Uh, we, we really can't speed that along. But what that means in context is we are literally to be expecting and seeking and desiring the coming day of the Lord. Uh, we're to be looking forward to the coming of this day. We're to be thinking about it. We're to be seeking it. We're to be expecting it. And it's supposed to be a thing that we long for as Christians. And then he says again, because the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. Here's the deal from that. Remember the verses from last week. While in those previous verses, there are some who laugh at this idea, some who mock this idea. There are some that are saying, you know what, Jesus is never coming again. You know what, we've been here generation after generation. He's never coming again. That's a false promise. You know what, live like this is the goal, this is the reward. There's some that are mocking that truth. As Christ followers, we're to live in light of that truth. That's what the verse is saying. Man, here's the truth. Listen, only that which is eternal truly matters. Only that which is eternal, truly matters. That's the message of the Bible. That's the message of Peter today. Listen, how, how much are we investing? And I want you to think about the course of your life, the, 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 the pattern of your life. How much are we investing? How much are we stressing? How much are we wasting in things that are not going to last? How much are you investing? How much time and effort are you spending? How much are you worrying about things that are only going to be burned up and they're not going to last? That's what Peter's saying here. Only the eternal is going to matter. Jesus said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Not treasures here. None of this stuff's going to last. Last treasures in heaven. Only the eternal matters. I wish somebody had told me that at 12 or at 18 or at 24, we ought to tell each other, you know what? Only the eternal matters. If you're here and you're 85, you know what? Only the eternal matters. Quit investing your resource, spending your time, stretching your gut so something that will come and pass away will not endure. I, I, I think about several examples. The empires we try to build. The, the careers we try to put together, maybe the money we try to assemble, the, the businesses. Man, I'm going to build this business and I'm going to get all this stuff in order and someday it's not going to be like this. Think about all these different ways. But think about this example. Think about how we raise our kids. I'm just, I'm just going to be... <laughs> the problem with kids today, man, I hear kids, 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 kids have guns, kids have this, kids have that. Uh, you, know, you know the problem with kids today, and I'll just say it, the problem with kids today are sorry parents. And, and, that, and that's the truth. But then think about how we are raising, and I'm talking about Christian so-called men, how we're raising our kids today. I want to be a great dad. 
Man, I want to be a great dad. I, I want to be a great dad. I want to teach my kids how to be successful. I, I want to teach my boys how to act like men. I, I, I watch all the stuff going on. You know, I, I want my kids to, to fit in. I want them to do well. More than that, I want them to excel. I want them to be able to, to, to catch balls. And I want them to be able to make tackles. And then I want to train them to have the information to go out and, and get jobs that they're going to be able to make money and, and lead a home someday. And I, and I want all of those things. And that's, that's staped on me as, as being what a, what, a, what a God or what a dad would be. And, and I think about all the things I want for my sons, for my kids. And then I think about this as I read these verses. Really, and I mean really, all that matters for my kids listen to me, is that they would have the character of Jesus Christ because they have a deep relationship with Jesus Christ and that came from their dad put into them. That's the only thing that matters. Well, your son's all state in football. It's gonna burn up. Well, he went on and led a great company. It's all gonna burn up. Well, everybody thought the world of him. It's all gonna burn up. The only thing that matters is his dad said, this is the gospel, this is the truth, this is God's word, and they have the character of Christ because they have a deep abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And then take that to all of our areas. Only the eternal is gonna matter. Man, we're stressed out chasing these things. They're not going to matter. Only the eternal matters. It's in all areas. Peter is saying here, we look with eyes to eternity. This is all going to burn up in a roar and a puff. The elements are going to even disintegrate. And only the eternal is going to matter. That is the standard. Listen to verse 13. Pretty awesome. But according to his promise... That may be my favorite part of this. But according to, to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Verse 13 says this. According to his promise, according to, to what Jesus said. Do you understand that? Do you under, this is what Jesus said. This is what God has promised. Jesus said it. According to his promise, we are longing for, we are looking for a new heaven and a new earth, awesome, where righteousness dwells. No more sin, no more suffering, no more stain of sin, no more guilt of sin. According to what Jesus has promised us, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Now I want you to see what's just happened here in the 13th verse. A comparison has just been made. You see, this is a day that is tremendous. This is an unreal day, but I want you to see there's a comparison here of the two results of this day. Understand this. For the lost person, that day is going to be a day of wrath. But for the saved person, it's going to be a day of deliverance. For the lost person, they're going to be ushered into the promised judgment. He didn't, he didn't sneak it up on them. He told them a judgment was coming. They're going to be ushered into a promised judgment. For those who put their faith in Christ, they're going to be ushered into the promised land, a new heaven and a new earth, no stain of sin. For those outside of Jesus Christ, this day is going to be the judgment of sin, the judgment of a holy God towards sin. For us as followers of Jesus Christ, it's going to be the removal of sin. No more sin, never again. For those outside of Jesus Christ, 
They're going to stand there and they're going to see and they're going to feel God's anger. But for us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to stand in God's grace. Not of any work of man, lest any man should boast. We're going to stand that day fully in his grace, preserved by Jesus Christ. For those outside of Jesus Christ on that day, they enter into eternal death, death that doesn't end separation from God. For those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, in the promise of Jesus himself, we have eternal life preserved by the precious blood of Jesus. And the truth of all that is this. We live according to that promise. We set our priorities according to that promise. We raise our kids according to that promise. We, we set the course on our work life according to that promise. Go back to the letter. Back to what Peter, the letter he's writing here in the context of it. Can you imagine these people? They were pushed out of their town. Some of them, their parents said, you know what, we, we've disowned you. They've lost some of them their property rights. Some of them, they were beaten. Some of them were whipped. Some of them were driven out of town. Some of them were put into jail. Some of them were released. Some of them were suffering. Some of them were very soon to start to, to be killed for the cause. Think about those folks. You know what, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We didn't expect this. We talked about life without end. We didn't expect this. Think about how they're suffering. Families are broken. Traditions, uh, all the things they love are being broken. And they're wondering, how do you live in hard times? Yes, we have a faith in Jesus Christ, but don't you think at the, in the dark of night, they wonder, how, how do we push on with such persecution? How do we live when we're being disowned? How do we live when we're being abandoned? Peter says this, you live in light of eternity. There's coming a day when the grace and the power of the God that spoke it all into existence, it's going to be cleaned off and the stain of sin will be forever removed. And those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, preserved by the blood of our Savior, are going to stand in a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness forever dwells. How do you live in a sorry, messed up world? You live with your eyes on eternity. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll leave in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for the men, the folks, the people in this room. And I pray that we're being trained according to the truth of God's word. And I pray that it is your word and it's not changed or adapted or filtered through a man, but it's your truth. And I pray that we would understand we're supposed to stand. I'd pray as we read this book that we're, we're supposed to call out false teachers. We're supposed to, to lift up and to preach and to embrace the truth. But then I see today that when it's tough and when it's hard, that as Christians we can cling to the promise of our Savior Jesus that there is coming a day when there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and, and no more sorrow and no more sin and no more death and no more pain and no more suffering for the former things will have forever and finally passed away. But we will live in the glory and the grace of God for all eternity. Lord, help us be the men that would stand. Lord, help us to be men that would leave here today with an eternal perspective. Help us to raise kids They'll have the character of Christ because in their heart is a saving faith in Jesus Christ.
And let that start with us. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.